So today I'm talking to the wonderful Bill, who was one of our contributors on the first series of DNA Family Secrets. So when you came to us, your question was to find out about your biological father, because all you knew was that he was an African-American GI who was stationed here in Leicestershire. He and your mom had a relationship and you were the result of that. And then he went back to the US after the war and your mom never heard from him again. So Bill, tell me about your family circumstances growing up. We live with my grandparents and my mom's sisters. And I took it as a normal everyday thing that all my family were white and all my friends were white, all the people who lived around me were white. I didn't really feel any different. And um, I really had a, a reasonably good childhood with no real prejudices or anything like that. I was what I am. I think a lot of it is due to my mum. She didn't protect me, but she did, I realise now, make a lot of sacrifices to keep me. And uh, she must have suffered a hell of a lot more herself. It makes me all kind of emotional now, but at the time, I was just Billy. I did quite well at school, and I did quite well out of school, you know, but I did all the things other kids did, paper rounds, I was naughty at times, and, you know, I got by. So I think this is something we talked about, well, we did, we talked about this when you first came to the program, and I first met you, was that you were not alone. So we know that there were something like over 200,000 African-American GIs in the UK at the time, and there's thought to be about 2,000 mixed-race babies, but many of them were given up for adoption, and you just talked about it there. So your mum kept you. So do you know the circumstances around that, about how she kept you? Because so many were given up for adoption at the time. No, our family were very sort of tight-lipped about things like that. The rest of the family possibly didn't think that she should have kept me. And um, I think she stood fast because there was, I think, I believe there was, um, the government said that uh, half-caste children of American GIs could be sent to America and adopted. And I have some correspondence to do with this. I forget what the lady's name was. And uh, my mum never. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because she loved my dad. And I was part of him. When you're a kid, you don't appreciate that kind of stuff. So what happened? So your mum has you. Mm -hmm. And you stay and you're brought up by your grandparents mainly. Did your mum ever marry? She married when I was about seven. And uh, I've got three half-brothers. Um, me and my stepfather never really uh, hit it off. Now, I guess I was um, the instigator of a lot of it because I, I don't know, my mum was my mum and then all of a sudden there's somebody else has got her attention and there's other children around the way. And uh, it wasn't all his fault, but we never ever saw eye to eye, really. In fact, I think I was a bit of a thorn in his side, you know, which... I didn't realise at the time, but I guess um, I was always a reminder to him, my mum loved someone else, and I never went away, did I? Did your mum ever talk about your biological father? What did she mention to you about him? I don't think my mum wanted to talk about it too much, because, especially when she married, because um, it was just called trouble, and that's the last thing we wanted. So I never really questioned her too much about it. And uh, when I grew up, I thought about trying to find out about my dad, but... And then I thought, well, what if it wasn't as they thought that he was dead or, or anything like that or whatever? 
they wanted to choose to believe, I found out they were still alive. And uh, I think that would have devastated my mum. So the story was that he died? Yeah, because the war went on till 45. And um, at that time there, I thought, well, well, maybe he was stationed somewhere else or the American army moved him to somewhere else and he died. That was one kind of story that was floating around, whether it's to sort of keep me from thinking anything else, I don't know. And then one of my aunties said that my mum received a letter from the US Army and uh, there was some kind of money transaction or whatever and uh, he wasn't alive but it was because he died and this was payment or whatever but it was kind of a very sort of vague story because even my aunties they didn't want to talk about it. So you had a name didn't you? You knew his name was Wilbert Wiley yeah. um, but do you know how your mom I met him? No and... my mum she named me William because it was the closest to Wilbert. Wilbert's quite an American name, isn't it, really? It's not like, you know. Um, that's basically all I know. I know I did have a photo when I was younger, but why she gave it to me, I don't know, because I lost it. And uh, I can't really remember much about it. I mean, I couldn't have told you what he looked like or anything like that. Did she ever tell you how they mm. met or anything about... No. Gosh, that must have been she frustrating. Didn't, she didn't tell me anything mm. about it at all, really. And I wasn't that inquisitive about it, really, because uh, it wouldn't have made any difference to me one way or the other when I was a kid because uh, I was all right, you know. I mean, I apart from my stepdad, who I didn't get on with, um, I kept myself out of the way and I had other places to go, so I lived pretty well, really, and I, I never really thought about my actual dad. And I don't know what difference it had made if he had been alive and come back. Well, I do now, but it wasn't something I consciously thought about because I was a happy kid. Yeah, life was good for me. Why worry about a non-existent father? I don't think it would have made a difference to my mum in later years because she had another family and uh, she was never a happy woman, put it like that. She She's funny at times, but she was not happy deep down. And uh, I don't think she ever was. I think she something missing out of her life, really. Do you think that was your father? Because I know when we first met, you said well, you didn't start this search until after she'd passed away because no. it would hurt her. Yeah. So it sounded like she carried a torch for him. She, you, I think she did, and probably that's why she didn't get on too well with my stepfather, I don't think. I do believe that. I, I think she, somewhere she would have liked things to have turned out different with my dad. She was only 18 when she had me, and, you know, you, you think about it like, 18-year-old, yeah, with a child of a black American. Yeah, she must have been made of strong stuff, but you don't appreciate them kind of things when you're a kid, do you? So the way it works is that people come to me and they tell me, you know, what their question is. Mm -hmm. And then we have this huge team that go off and we all do different bits mm -hmm. and come back. Yeah. So it's quite a courageous thing to do, to, to come to that stage and to open that door, I think, and you're allowing us to come with you on this journey. Well, there was nothing I was scared of finding out, and there was nothing that I didn't want anybody else to know, you know, so it would be a win-win situation for me. To find out I had a brother who was 11 years older than me, that was a kind of a an eye-opener, really, for me. And, and um, the first reaction was, my dad must have known, you know, when he'd come with my mum. And... That was an eye-opener, but that time there, my mum wouldn't have known that. I was going to ask you that. Do you think your mum knew? I always think that she thought he'd come back for her, but I don't think she knew half the story of what would have happened and whether it had been possible at all now. So 
I think it's kind of a bit of a fairy tale for her, really. Somebody's going to whisk her off somewhere and to uh, the US of A and things like that. But it wasn't as bright future as she thought it might have been. But I don't know. You know, she was a young girl. She's 18. And whether that was in her mind at the time, I don't know. Or whether he told her that. But it just wasn't possible, was it, Terry? You know, we know now it wouldn't have been possible. But it doesn't stop you dreaming, does it? And I'm sure in them days... I think it'd be like the prince coming away and whisking you away like that. So I could quite see her believing that something like that could happen. So I had a lot of information to give you when you when you sat down. And, you did. And we knew from the DNA results, and as might be expected, that your father's ancestry was through the slave trade. So we know, you know, yep. 12 and a half million slaves transported, two and a half million die on the way. And mm-hmm. and they're brought into the Americas, so starting 1515. And we know that your family seems to be arriving in around the 17th century, and they seem to be working on the cotton and tobacco plants. Yep. And then eventually, some of your family move into Texas, and they're among the first black people to settle in this county you know obviously knowing about the ancestry of african-americans that wasn't a huge surprise to me did it come as a surprise to you at all yeah they were one of the first to be in that part of texas and i think "Hmm, i mean they must have been kind of pioneers in a way you know and this is from a kid who grew up not knowing anything about my ancestry from that point of view to find that one of my cousins was a sheriff and, and all that kind of stuff. And to find out his background, and he had quite a life as well. And, and I think, hang on, wait a minute. These are people, they're related to me. And that was really the eye-opener for me. And I was amazed by that. That was one of the things I never thought would have happened to any family of mine. And I was quite proud of that fact, really. And uh, Fireball was a different ball. And that was the icing on the cake, you know. And you could tell on the TV that I know was. And people have commented on that, Fireball, like, you know. So he was your uncle. And he yeah. was, so he's known as Fireball because he was a baseball player. Yeah. And he was apparently an amazing baseball yeah. player. Yeah, even some of the people who have known me, they're going, hello, Fireball. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good. I was over the moon with that, really. But So let's backtrack a bit, because we were able to tell you, I mean, you knew your father's name, so he's Wilbert Wiley. Mm-hmm. But he was born in 1915 to Enoch and Amanda yep. Wiley. And he had two brothers, and he had a twin sister called Willie Mae. And this was some of the really big news, was that your father had been married already. He had a son called Mm -hmm. Don, who was born in 1933. So your biological father would have been 18 when he had this child. And so incredibly young. And it was interesting to us because Don didn't have your biological father's surname. So we wondered whether or not he had stayed with his mother, with Don's mum. So having a half-sibling, was that something that was in your mind when you came into this? Because, I mean, you had a half-sibling, Don, that it was born, you know, 11 years prior to you. I was surprised that it was before he met my mum instead of after. When I was told that I have a brother and I thought, well, he's, he's got to be younger than me, that was cut and dried. And then to be told that he's 11 years older than me put a different slant on not what I thought, but what I thought my mum would think. It was a big choice for her to even go with my dad, let alone find out then that he's already got a son who was 11 years old. I don't think she would have been. She would certainly not have liked to have found that out. And I certainly wouldn't have told her. 
And obviously the thing that came out of it was that your father had already passed away, but also your half-brother had already passed away. And quite recently as well, you know, and I would have loved to have met him, spoke to him or had some kind of communication with him. It wasn't like you had time with my dad and all that and I never, and it's nothing like that. It's like I would have been pleased to meet him. That's the thing I wish that it had been a few years earlier so I could talk to some of these people and learn a bit more about my dad and what his life was and things like that. I'm sad about that, but nothing you can do about it. So one of the really big things that we felt we were able to do was to give you a photo of your dad and one of your half-brother, because we knew you'd lost that photo of your dad. So yeah. this was a really big thing yeah, that Stacy was able to do. Yeah. What was that like, finally seeing a photo of your dad well, again? It just kind of it put flesh on the bones, you know, because... You can imagine things about a person you never really knew and then to see an actual picture of them, how they really were. I just thought, that's my dad. That's kind of like what he looked like. And Don I was surprised with because he's black, you know. But then obviously, you know, and to me, there's no mixture there. But I didn't know I had a half-brother, so why would I think what he would look like? But having seen it, I would think, well, my dad married someone who was black. That's why he, he looks like he does. So that's where it took us to our next thing, because what we had been able to find was your cousins, so Phyllis and Regina. And I know we kind of sprang it on you because (laughs) we asked you whether or not you'd like to chat to them by Zoom. And what you don't know is that whilst you were in with Stacey and she was showing you all the photos and all this sort of stuff, madly in the other room, the production team, and we're all running around, taking all the chairs out, putting the television in so that you could do a Zoom chat with so that we could be like madly getting all this stuff done so you can come in. So that must have been quite a moment. I mean, really. That was a shock. And when I walked in, I I was just like, well, you can tell my expression on as it was on the screen. You know, I don't need words to explain it, how I felt. I just, I was just overwhelmed by seeing these two cousins of mine who I didn't know about, I never knew existed, what they would say to them. I don't know, I was dumbstruck, really. And as people know, I'm not normally, like, dumbstruck. And I didn't. I just didn't know what to say. I was just amazed and and the way they reacted, you know. They were clearly really moved to yeah. meet you, too. I know, yeah, I know. I know I was, these people, they don't know me, like, you know, and and I don't know them, And but I wanted to know them. And... I wanted to give him a hug or something, you know, and, and I just think now it's a friendship you could forge. You've had lots of lovely little things happen since the programme, though, haven't you? You were telling me a story about somebody who left you a little something at the pub. Oh, yeah. We've been going in there 10 years, and they treat us like a regular. And we was away, and when we got back, we went in the pub, and I think I, I went to the toilet, and I come back, and Julie says, oh, I've got something to tell you. Well... Karen's just come over and give me this. And it was a neckerchief, and it had got abilene on it, and that's where my dad was buried. And uh, she said that some guy, a biker, who'd been to abilene, saw the programme, and he knew the pub, and uh, he'd come over to find me to give me this neckerchief. And because I wasn't there, he left it with the landlady, and she gave it to us. I was a bit touched by that, really, because... uh, Somebody you never knew, and we've still not met him yet, to do a thing like that because of the programme. Lovely. But if you ask me about one of the things the programme has done for me, is really is like brought to light just what my mum did and what she went through. 
unbeknown to me, and now I'm really conscious of it. To carry a thing around all your life like that is quite something, isn't it? I never thought about it like I have recently. I look at a picture up there now and I think differently about her than what I did. And I guess from this point of view, I've been very lucky. It's turned out okay for me. I still want to find out more. And it's not just for me. It's kind of um, gives my kids and my grandkids another aspect to their ancestry. And uh, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket, really, I think. Bill, thank you so much for talking to me.